Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Spiro Avenue Show. I was a middle-class citizen in the high school hierarchy. So, you know, I've had some people ask me over the years, like, you know, okay, what's your crazy high school story? And where'd you go? We were actually just talking about that. And I always like to say I was kind of in the middle class. So I wasn't like the guy with no friends that never had a date to anything, but I also wasn't in the in crowd. I was like just kind of a, a C plus, B minus social person. And student actually, it aligned perfectly. But I did have a girlfriend, my first girlfriend, nice girl. And, uh, you know, rest in peace of that relationship. She's still alive, but the relationship was, uh, was, was a little testy at times. But she was a year younger than me because any self-respecting high school student dates down because all the attractive girls in your grade are dating like 32-year-olds, right? Sure. So I was a year down and uh, I, got, I got a car. I got my driver's license right when that relationship started. And she always said that, I took hard turns. I, my turns were too hard. I, I, I made her sick in the car. I, I was okay at, at sort of a 12 and 6, but if I had to turn right on Woodward, I took it too sharp. I take hard turns. And we're taking a hard turn tonight, really. This is about as hard of a turn as you can get because I went from arguably the heaviest topic ever, literally child sex abuse for three and a half hours uh, that led to a conversation in prison with me and Jerry Sandusky something I did not see coming in my lifetime. So we're going from that to a much lighter, more fun show tonight and more on brand, I guess, for us, for the Michigan State audience that uh, most of you land in that basket. So this is, this is a big night. I'm excited. We got a lot to cover and it's all, it's all good stuff. You know, we don't talk about position matchups here for the third string center. I'm not into that. I'm into big topics and we got two big personalities to talk about those big topics making not just their debut in studio, but their debut in front of my face in any capacity yeah. anywhere. Yeah. First time I met both of you, first time you guys met each other, it's a menage a trois of social interaction for the first time here. <laughs> right, we have right. Connor Muldowney of Spartan Avenue and Matt Sheehan. Sheehan. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, this is great. She, oh, she, Sheehan, Sheehan oh, yeah, of Locked Out Spartan. So it's great to have you guys. Great to be out of the child sex abuse scandal realm and back into my bread and butter Michigan State. I thought we were going to talk about Palestine today. I thought that's not what <laughs> Is that I was what you guys want to talk about Palestine? Talk that's lighthearted what I topics. That's no. I'll talk about that for two hours, but I'll tell you what, I, I, everyone talks about that stuff and okay, they have no. Then. That's right. one of those things that drives me nuts. Like everybody talks these strong opinions pro Israel, anti Israel. Sure. I, don't, I don't care. Like, where, that's not even the point. <laughs> it's like, how much do you idiots really know? Like, how many people are actually qualified? Oh, I know nothing. Yeah, I'll, I'll well, listen. Yeah. I don't know. I bet yeah. don't have a strong yeah. opinion. It's like it's like people, you know, I do a sports show, but I don't know everything about sports. I don't know mm. anything about tennis. If someone's asking me a tennis question, I don't even know with this lady that dropped off or it was a mental health issue. Oh, soccer? Yeah, I know. Was that soccer good. or tennis? It was tennis. tennis? Yeah. I, that came up. Someone's like, hey, what do you think of this Osaka thing? I don't, I don't even know who Osaka is. I I'm not sure. What, I don't know what happened there. But yeah, so we're not going to be talking about Palestine. Even right. if that were the topic, I would do a horrible job at it. I'll stay there. But where I think we're good, <laughs> we're comfortable. I'll stick around. Is exactly where we're staying. I'm so out. it's Michigan State. And I want to start here. I think it's the best place to start. Mel Tucker and the fast-changing program with Michigan State football. This has been one of the biggest shifts that I can remember, certainly in, in sort of my kingdom, my realm of fandom, maybe even arguably in the country where... The predecessor was very successful. 
had a lot of good things happen, arguably like statue outside of the stadium worthy level of success, unprecedented success for that program, and is replaced by someone that is doing everything completely differently, but there's no pushback. In fact, to the contrary, everybody's embracing it. So I want to start with this comparison between Mark D'Antonio, whom we love, whose painting is on the wall in this studio, technically in the bathroom, but don't, don't read into that. <laughs> don't read anything into that. Mark D'Antonio versus Mel Tucker. So let's throw that up, and I want to run down some of this, and then I'm, I'm going to let them do most of the talking beyond that. But let's set this up. So here's what we did. There's some similarities, and there's some differences. So we, we got Mel versus Mark here. They both played defensive back in college. They have both won national titles as assistants. Uh, Mel Tucker was the assistant head coach and uh, defensive assistant coach for Alabama in 2015. Mark D'Antonio, famously defensive coordinator for the Ohio State Maurice Corrette Buckeye team in 2002. And they are both part of the Saban coaching tree. So played back in college, won titles as assistants, and they're both from the Saban coaching tree. And beyond that, I, we could have done a list of 100 things where mm-hmm. they're different. And we just listed a few of them. Mel Tucker, great affection for the media. Mark D'Antonio, open contempt for the media. So I, I actually, let's quickly dive into that, Ben. I want to, I, before we go through the rest of the list, I'm going to show you the contrast before we continue of Mark D'Antonio handling the media and how he viewed the media versus Mel Tucker. And then we'll, we'll continue down the list. We'll keep rolling. Why, Why skip, skip around? around? Just, Just tell it the way it is. A couple of things more clarity in the receiving core and the issue. No. Okay. Next, Next question. question. I'm surprised most of the like promotions considering what happened last week. It was, it was surprising. surprising. Next, Next question. question. Coach, does your offense need to play better to be effective against Ohio State next week? Yes. yes. Next, Next question. question. I'm, I'm talking, talking about injuries. injuries. Next question. question. You said players make plays. Can you talk about Sims and uh, Le'Veon and how big they were today? They, they were big. big. Next question. Is it, is it I'm just letting all these questions because they're great ones. Go ahead. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for five weeks. Wall-to-wall football, 24-7, all-in. I mean, let's go. Paul, there he is. My man, my man Paul, right where he belongs. Get my steps in. You like football? You do? Yeah, so do I. Alexa. Play Miles Davis. Davis. Not apples to apples. One's at a press conference where even though Michigan State won, they played like shit. And Mel Tucker, this is a scripted thing, but that's kind of my point. Mel Tucker, every other week, has some scripted behind the scenes. Hey, get a camera on me, where Mark D'Antonio just despised it. So, Ben, if you can go back to the original graphic, we'll finish the list, and then we'll let the two guests actually have the mic for a minute, and we'll break this down. So, I mean, the, the difference between these two guys is just astounding. Let's get back to it. Mel Tucker, national recruiter, wants everybody. Mark D'Antonio, Midwest regional recruiter. Mel Tucker loves players with size. They have to sit, uh, fit a certain profile per position, or he doesn't even want them. He doesn't even want his, his coaching staff looking at these guys. Mark D'Antonio, conversely, loves the undersized scrappy dudes. Give me 15 Blair Whites and we'll win 10 games. That's, that's the difference. And we'll finish here. Mel Tucker, everyone is replaceable. Anyone can go. You don't do your job. Coach, vendor in the stands, player, doesn't matter, get the hell out. Mark D'Antonio, undying loyalty to players and staff, went down with many a ship in his days. So we'll wrap there in terms of the, the listing, because we could go on and on and on. Sure. I'm curious. We love the differences. I, we, we Before this show, we're doing the, the picture with Mel Tucker. We got the scars. We're all eating it up. 
I've had two commission paintings on the wall plus a third picture. So I'm clearly all in despite of two and five. That, that didn't deter me at all. That didn't mm-hmm. deter my enthusiasm. I'm curious where you guys are on this. I'm wondering, not just the fan base, but even for myself, because I don't know. Are we getting ahead of ourselves? And are these changes a good thing? Because it is, like we said, a total deviation from where they were. Are we celebrating stuff without enough result yet? Or is it a justified excitement? We'll start with you, Connor. Let's throw it to you. <sighs> Go get him, bud. I mean, I don't think that we're getting too out of ourselves because you got to look at it like this. We've been so accustomed to the same style of coaching. We, we, I mean, a lot of us grew up with Mark D'Antoni. Obviously, we remember the John L. days, but some of us were like a little too young, maybe me and you. Unfortunately, that's yeah, we were me great school age. Yeah, this is why I'm the way I am. Exactly. This is why I have trust issues because of Bobby Williams and John L. Smith. Exactly. I'm sorry. No, exactly. This exactly. is a therapy session for me. But <laughs> oh, it could be. It could, if we're the talking about Bobby and John L. Who's to say? So, right. so we went from like a loopy John L. Smith to, you know, a straight laced Mark D'Antonio yeah. and it worked and it, it worked for like a decade. And then I think you saw the last bullet point was undying loyalty to his staff, which I think that's the only thing that people can really say out of that list was something that doomed him. I mean, everything else, like he worked as a regional recruiter. It worked. I mean, he, Ohio kids loved playing against Michigan and Ohio state. They loved it. And he, he, he found diamonds in the rough, you know, every single class, he would get five or 10 guys who were just like, these guys were nobodies. Darquez Denard, you know, all, all those guys. But then at that point, then everything started to crumble. And then the recruiting locally started not to work as much because, you know, the staff, was so used to, you know, recruiting the same regions, looking at the same places, and the, the talent wasn't the exact same. And they stopped worrying about, you know, certain regions of the country like Georgia and Texas and Florida that have all this national talent. And Mel's going after that. And that's why I think the excitement is such at such a high level because, you know, everybody wanted that national recruiting footprint. And D'Antonio was just he had his little region. He had his he little safe space. Try. Didn't even try. He didn't even try. He sat me in the early years. I'm sure he had, you know, plenty of Texas, you know, Florida. He had Georgia. Darquez was from Georgia. I mean, but now we're seeing Tucker do more of that. And he's going to California. He's going out west. Like, we, we never saw this. So I think it's it's okay to be excited. But, I mean, sure, we could pump the brakes. But why? I mean, social media is fun to just kind of troll and whatnot. And we and right now we have bragging rights. All right, Mich- Michigan State beat Michigan last year. One time there with we go. There the worst roster in a Mac roster. A yeah. Mac roster. Yeah. Where's everybody yeah. from Michigan State transferring to? Yeah, and and that was that was like the weird flex on Twitter with yeah. some people. <laughs> <laughs> I flexed that. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. You were the <laughs> one that that involved. Yeah. I mean, where do you stand on this, Matt? Because I mean, my my point is, and again, I'm not even sure what I think. This is I like to bring guests on to help me get to where sure. I feel comfortable with my position. I, I'm a strongly opinionated guy. This one, I honestly don't know because as excited as I am, I have given some pause. This is a complete almost 180 from what we had and what we had worked. Yeah. So is there any reason to think, I don't know, maybe throwing everybody out if they look at them the wrong way, a uh, <laughs> slight exaggeration, maybe it's not a good thing. Obviously, D'Antonio too far on the other extreme, but do you think that uh, we should embrace this? Because I do have some concerns about a complete 180 to what we know worked here, or is he just with the times? And that's fair to have that concern, totally. I mean, the whole D'Antonio era, just like you said, you know, with those bullet points, it's all fun and games when he's, you know, a curmudgeon to the media, when he's getting those, what do you call it, stage one recruits, just like the Michigan and Ohio guys. That's all fun. 
when that's working. Like it's awesome. Or we're doing it our way. We're the underdogs like, yeah, that's right. After everyone else. And, and then you get to 2018, 2019 and oh boy, it's the same staff. <laughs> we're getting the same kind of recruits. And well, the two stars in Dark Quest, Denard, her cousins, Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if you guys knew those. Those guys were two stars. Two, on I never heard that. Mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun yeah. Fact. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't work all the time, though. Eventually, it caught up to him. I mean, it's like getting hot at a blackjack table. That's not going to stay like that forever. You're going to see a lot of tens of the dealers going to pull on their ace. So uh, it caught up to him at the end. And now you see where these guys are transferring to, just like mm -hmm. Connor mentioned a little earlier. You had to do a lot of pillaging of this roster, right? I mean, I know D'Antonio signed that bonus. He earned the bonus. Good for him. Good for him. I love D'Antonio. I love him like I, a family member. But that said, he should have to pay back $100,000 for every guy that transfers to a non-Power 5 school in the last year. The, 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 the malpractice of recruiting. Oh, that bonus is going to wipe out. Yeah. Oh, he'll be in the red, no doubt about it. <laughs> yes. The malpractice of recruiting at the end was inexcusable. Like Devin Hightower, he, he goes to Cincinnati. Oh, good for him. Oh, as a walk-on. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, Mark, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. oh, a preferred walk-on. Give him the preferred. Prefer, excuse me, preferred yeah, walk-on. Yeah, excuse me, but yeah. So... Yes, it worked. It was a lot of fun when it did work, but I think especially now in the environment that Mel came into when transfers are such a hot commodity now, that was not mm -hmm. the issue back in 07 or 06 whenever D'Antonio came mm -hmm. in. Like, this is an active thing that you could fish players out of, so why not take full advantage of it? And he is. Thank God. Could you imagine oh, if you tried to build this program be, from we, scratch, be like with no five transfers? Five years from now. Five years from now, we'd be talking about our first winning season. We were two years away from being Chris Ash's Rutgers team, I feel like. It was unbelievable. You laugh. I'm serious, no, no, you, no, I'm serious, I, I, I agree Ooh. with that. The, the roster was so it was bad. Good. It was not good. That last year, I mean, even when we were winning in the Michigan game, I, I had zero expectations. Going into the fourth quarter, oh, I, I was, waiting for, oh, oh, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I mean, they're oh, going to yeah. lose by three touchdowns oh, yeah. eventually. Oh, yeah. Eventually. I mean, I don't care if it gets down to the last five minutes. They're going to lose by three touchdowns. Right. That's how bad the roster was. You had Rocky Lombardi throwing 50-yard bombs. That doesn't happen. It's a true freshman. That's all. Yeah. That's, <laughs> something light. He, <laughs> I mean, I, oh. I can't knock these kids because I, they, they they're trying they their did. best. Yeah. They're trying their best. They earned a scholar from, yeah. scholarship from Michigan State. Yeah. Right. Good for that. Well, it's not about ripping them. It's just the reality of the talent disparity. Yeah, it's the uncomfortable conversation. Itself. Yeah, it spoke for itself. And I still loved Antonio. Just like I said, it's oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Critical a, of him, but hey. Hate. It's a love-hate. I know. It, it's, it really is. I, I'm curious like where you guys stand on this one because, I, in my opinion, it's been very clear. They are trying to compete nationally. This is a, a program that traditionally, unless you're talking about the 1960s, everything was about the Rose Bowl. And mm -hmm. to be fair, it would have been sort of presumptuous for them to shoot higher, aim higher, because they, they were not getting to the Rose Bowl. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's like maybe maybe make your first uh, hundred hours before you're worried about being a billionaire. <laughs> sure. So I like I, I I think it was a reasonable, you know, relatively low expectation. But they are trying to do something, me overtly that has not been done here in 50 years, where they're really trying to compete for national titles. You can talk about if you want. 2015, technically they're in the Final Four. They were not competitive. The one exception, you could make an argument. They were the best team in the country in 2013. But generally, this has not been a national power program. Even when they're finishing top five or six those three years in a row, no one thought of them as Clemson, Alabama, even for like a two, three-year stretch. I want to use one quote from Mel Tucker. We talked about it before on his recruiting philosophy and how it ties into this, and then we'll throw it back to you guys. But we'll throw that up. This is him talking about the kind of kid he's looking for. This quote is uh, going on a year old now, but this is after he's hired at Michigan State. And they're asking him, you know, what's your philosophy in recruiting? And he was asked point blank, 
kind of where he stood on this. I don't even want them on my recruiting board unless they have size. Like we're not even going to recruit them because if you make an exception, you are going to have a team full of exceptions. There might be a kid that's six feet and 245 pounds at defensive end that wants to come and he might be a good player. But at the end of the day, you end up playing against Georgia or Alabama. That kid will have a hard time holding up. Mel Tucker on his recruiting strategy. To me, that is the entire trajectory of the program or his intended trajectory of the program in a nutshell. He's not talking about, about, I want to beat Wisconsin. I want to get to Indy. I want to win in Indy. He's talking about, I'm watching Georgia and Alabama play on national TV in the college football playoff, and I see who's in that game. This old D'Antonio shit's not going to work. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a personal slate against Mark, but it was a, a turn, a hard turn. This mm-hmm. used to show open theme from where they've been. I'm curious, do you think this is crazy? Because we get made fun of. A lot of people laugh at this. Michigan fans certainly laugh at this idea that Michigan State, I'm not saying we're going to be Alabama win five national titles right. in eight years. I'm not saying that. But is it reasonable that Michigan State could be in the college football playoff and you're in the fourth quarter and they're down four points with the ball with six minutes left, even if they lose? Just they're there and they're in it. It's not Alabama in 2015. Is it crazy? Is it out of reach for Michigan State? Who wants to take this first? I, I don't think it is because obviously in the whole landscape of the Big Ten, especially its own division, the Big Ten East, right? You got Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Like that's a lot, just a name alone to go up mm-hmm. against. But then you look back and it's like, okay, they're actually like pulling, what is it, like top 30 revenue? I know, I know revenue is like uh, not the best metric to pull up, but like it is a team that generates interest. They generate winning in, in the history too. Obviously there was a long stretch there where there wasn't a lot of winning. But they're getting it done in the Saban era and also in the D'Antonio era when they weren't getting those kind of recruits that Mel's talking about, right? I mean, when he says Alabama, the Georgias, he's also talking about the Ohio States and Penn States, too. You just can't call them out by name because, hey, you're calling yourself a little guy your own conference. I mean, come on. Yeah, shoot for someone that you'll only meet once a year. Maybe (laughs) if things go right in your season. So. I think it can happen. Like we've seen it happen like 2011 to 2015. It was insane. Sure. Like we, we caught some good breaks, but also. Straight up one, two. Mm-hmm. It's happened. It can happen, especially if Michigan keeps on going their downward trajectory. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I so, mean, state's only good when Michigan's bad. That's true. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point you bring <laughs> up. So it's the weirdest counter ever. Right? That's, we could do an hour on that's that. Such a weird flex. It's like it's like yeah, you're only good because we suck. Oh, okay, sure. You, you got you got <laughs> the over. other way around too. I guess <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. You got over. Yeah, you you win. I guess. <laughs> I guess yeah. it's a long way of saying that. Yeah, I do believe they can do it because. What did you say? Like, they're not Alabama or Clemson. Mm. You know who else wasn't Clemson 10, 15 years ago? Clemson, Clemson themselves. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Texas A&M, and who's Alabama. on the precipice of greatness. Alabama, sure. I mean, mm. that, that, everyone thinks it was Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. No. Yeah, there was they a were, little bit bad. of a hairy patch in the middle there. They, I mean, They so, were bad for a while. We're talking about LSU, too. I mean, LSU had a uh, yep. little up and down. So, yeah. There's ebbs and flows in every program. Yeah. Not unreasonable. Do you kind of agree there? You yeah. think this is. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, when D'Antoni was hired, did you think that he was going to be contending for a national championship within within eight years? No, I exactly. Didn't. They, I mean, they like, exceeded my expectations. Yeah, he went from arguably one of the darkest periods of Michigan State football. I mean, darkest probably in my lifetime to contending for a national title, playing Rose Bowl, winning Big Ten titles. I mean, I don't, especially if he's thinking already Alabama, Georgia, that's already on his mind. You want a coach that's thinking about the big dogs. You don't want a coach that's like, I just, I mean, you know, I hope we hope we beat Rutgers. Match up to Kentucky uh, in our bowl game. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just yeah. want, I just want to be able to, you know, get a get a winning record every. Like, yeah, it's, it's okay to like have those those goals, but keep that to yourself. You want everybody thinking that you're thinking 
big time. And I think that's what's going to separate him from D'Antonio. D'Antonio was all about, you know, we take care of who's in front of us every week, blah, blah, blah. He was all about the coach speak. Tucker's all about, like, I'm going to talk a big game because I think that I can prove it. And he's starting to get the players that, and I mean, they played in the SEC. A lot of these players played in the SEC. They can probably prove that, you know. So I think that it's, I'm I'm all aboard. I, I am all aboard. But, you know, your friends think I'm an asshole. And here's here's me. Hero Hive is, is live. <laughs> One time for Brett. There you are. The, 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 the three people that, that like me that you guys know actually don't like me. But they're slanders. You're self-slandering yourself. So, so uh, can you slander yourself? I don't, I don't remember that. I think so. I, I got to go back to the, the, that, that class in law school. Yeah. No, but look, here, here's the counter. I'm not even saying I disagree, but I always have pause because I'm, I'm, the, mm-hmm. Cynic, I'm the Cynical guy. Everyone thinks I am. It's understandable. I, I hate though. my alma mater. But here's the flip side. And I, maybe this is unreasonable. Tell me. Please tell me I'm unreasonable. If you go for the big fish nationally, are you not just getting the lesser national prospects of the Alabama and then losing? Like if you're Mel Tucker, you, you're that, you got that big personality. You got all these resources at Michigan State. You can get your pick of that three-star kid in Wisconsin. I mean, you're not going to win them all, but you're going to get a lot of those Midwest. You can get the best three-star, the occasional best four-star. I'm wondering if you're going sort of aiming too high. Is there a concern that now you're neglecting sort of your bread and butter traditionally with Michigan State's history, and you're not getting enough of those big national guys to compete with Alabama anyway? Now you lose both. You're chasing two rabbits, and they both get away. Is that crazy? I mean, that's my only concern with this approach. not saying it won't work, but I have a little pause. I think it's okay to be cautious with that. I mean, he's already kind of said that if you can't recruit at Michigan State, you can't recruit. So, I mean, he's already kind of thrown himself – prematurely under the bus if he doesn't get those guys and he's seen what happened with Mark D'Antonio he's heard he's he's pretty good with listening to what the fans have to say and I think he gets a good feel of you know they didn't like this what happened in the D'Antonio era of you know him going for the the sure thing three star when he could you know be in a in a race for a top four star and you know you're going to compete against the big boys for all those guys anyways so why not get your name thrown in the hat for a lot of these these big recruits and all that, and it's and they're gonna miss out on a lot, and the fan base is gonna melt down like they always do. But we no, like that. it's it's okay to be cautious. But I think that he has the right approach to you know putting himself. He wants to be that national brand that the Clemson's, the Alabamas. You know, I mean, they're not obviously there, but like he wants to be working his way toward that. And I think that he's gonna if he stays for a while, knock on wood, he's gonna build it brick by brick. But I think he his his goal is so high, and I'm I'm such a fan of that that I mean I I have nothing bad to say about it. And I think he knows where to dip down too, right? He's been around mm-hmm. the country literally, and he gets a good feel of where the prospects are. And I, I looked at Indiana too. Like Indiana had a, quite literally a generational season mm-hmm. last year. They're not pulling kids from around the region to make that season happen. They went down to Georgia, Florida, mm-hmm. pulling their three stars out. I I I, and I could Georgia be three stars in Michigan Force. Thank you. You, see, you took it right out of my mouth, man. I really think there's something to that. Mm-hmm. I think that a Georgia three-star, a Florida three-star is better than a Michigan four-star. And maybe that's because I'm spurned just by the local um, Detroit area recruits. They can talk about the guys that went to Penn State, Michigan. Don't get me wrong, there's some good ones. Mm-hmm. Like LaVert Hill, Ambry Thomas were fine for Michigan. Um, he just had some solid ones. Cody White was fun, right? He was a good time. You also got Devontae Dobbs. He was a five-star. You also got Julian Barnett. He was a four-star. I, I'm not sure if I'm jazzed with how that turned out. They're, they're young still. That's true. There's a lot, a lot of game left. A lot of well, game they figured it out. It won't so. be here. I, I think he knows where. To, I think he knows where to recruit, though. 
South is yeah. the way to go, man. Mm-hmm. That's where the ball is played. Well, yeah. here's and why Ohio. they play year-round. And Ohio. Yeah, right. It's big. It does make a big difference. There's a reason why the quality of players is generally better. You always have the outliers, but mm-hmm. we're going big picture, sort of macro view. Here's why, despite my own pause, I'm blowing through that pause, blowing through the stop sign, and just being enthusiastic anyway. Hell yeah, Justin. I, Let's go. Which is good for me. Yeah. I, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't He's know if you know my wall. reputation, but <laughs> I, I mean, come on. It's like the guy's two and five. He's already he's on my wall at three different places. What if sure. he actually does something? Absolutely. But oh, here, here's why I'm tattoo time. Let's go. <laughs> right. You know, I, I don't know. That that'd be if, if anyone's gonna be tattooed on my ass, it'll be the coach of a Michigan State football team that was the national, national championship. Yeah, yeah. So if that if there's ever uh, gonna be if we're ever going to go, go in that pool, that would be what would get it done. Sure. Because uh, I'm anti-tattoo for myself. I don't care what anyone else does. hate it. Right, but enough. but here, here's why I'm blowing through the stop sign with Mel and why I'm embracing it. I 100% believe in my heart of heart that Mel Tucker, combined with Michigan State, in his sleep, could be Kirk Barron, could be Iowa, could go 8-4, and 9-3, pop up once every six yeah. years and win 11 games and not be competitive in these big national games. I. I think that is a given if that's how he wanted to structure it. If he said, I'm going to go after the Midwest guys, he's, this motherfucker isn't going to out-recruit Kirk Ferentz's dumbass. I know everyone loves Fitzgerald, but I mean, come on, Mel, Mel Tucker is the... Uh, now we're talking. He's the sexiest recruiter in the conference, mm-hmm. like just in terms of his, his personality, mm-hmm. his most appealing guy, I think by far, with a couple exceptions. So I, I know we can get that. So I'd rather fuck up like going for more. Yeah. Well, like why 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 take the walk? Why take yeah. the single? We've seen actually some doubles and even triples with D'Antonio. And I just love that they're at least trying. If it doesn't work, they tried. And that was kind of a Mike Valenny thing. It's like, you know what? Who knows if this thing's going to work? We oh, don't know. You're, you're going for it, though. Yeah, Mel's yeah. unproven. Even Mel's right. unproven. We don't know if the style will work. We don't know if he's even a good coach. I mean, I like him, but we don't know. Yeah. He has no track record in this role that you can lean on. Two, two seasons, two losing records. But... I love that they're trying to do it. Michigan State is not known to put the Brinks truck in the parking lot and <laughs> empty it into the Michigan State football building. Yeah, they're doing that, and I, I'm just, I'm happy to see them in that mm-hmm. in that pool at least. Right on. And I also looked at the transfers too that they got, like Harold Williams and uh, uh, Kimbra from Florida. Those that guys are backups for two mighty fine SEC teams. You know what? Gonna... That's a lot better than what we have right now. First string in Big Ten country. So, yeah, that's A-OK. So, yeah, you go down south. You shoot for guys that are maybe Alabama's sloppy seconds or Clemson's seconds. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that sounds like an awesome idea. Every Let's go for players, it. Every sure. single year. Yeah, just go for it. Why not? Just go fishing down yeah. there, man. What's, oh, your, um, what's your guys' kind of timeline on? I, I think we agree. You know, the over-under, you talked about it, Matt, on your show uh, recently about over-under being four. I can't remember if it was you or your partner that the bet already. I think it was uh, Will. Yeah, Will. It was yeah. Will, right? Oh, yeah. Will's got his house mortgage on that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Right. He I got that. You guys have the show talking about the overrunners. Like, just so you guys know, I'm going to get this out of the way at the top. I already like bet my mortgage. Oh, on, yeah. On over. Oh, yeah. But like, you know, I don't think even he would say, and I listened to that episode, I don't think he's saying, oh, it's going to be some gangbusters mm-hmm. year. But right, right. we're saying all three of us, I think, have come to a consensus. You two, more enthusiastic, Lee, maybe, <laughs> but me with some pause. But we're all there. We all think that this is going to be a team that could contend for the college football playoff. Resources are there. We've seen it with lesser recruiters in, in this role before. Mm-hmm. Just five years ago. It wasn't that long ago. What's the timeline, though? It's not this year. I think we agree. Year four, year five. I'm not talking about seven, you know, seven and five or whatever. I'm talking yeah. like 10 plus wins. How far are we? Any idea? Because I got a good idea, but it's not my thought. 
Okay. It's Justin Thin's thought. Friend of this program. Dice. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna just yeah. Well, you know what? I'm gonna use Justin Thin's words through my mouth, and I'm gonna sound smart. How about that? You <laughs> if like you're that gonna one? play Dre, that's go. a good choice. Sure. Yeah, yeah you like yeah. that one. So he's a good guy. We had him on recently um, on our show. Locked on. Sp- no, I, I'm not gonna plug my podcast. On your <laughs> well, podcast. Well, every time you talk, you have a little lower third saying host. Uh, <laughs> How fancy is that? Yeah, look at that. Yeah. I know you haven't been looking at yourself <laughs> in our our you know TV mirror over there. No, why would I look at myself? Look at that. You're beautiful. Look at that. So look at me yeah, go. Plug away by all means. But anyway, go no, on. So, so we had him on and obviously June 1st is a major, major date for all college um, programs around mm-hmm. the country. It's recruits can finally come on campus. And he had a good point that it's not just the 2022. It's actually more so the 23 class because Mel never had a chance to even build relationship in that first year with the 2022 guys. Mm-hmm. And of course, recruiting like your first time on campus is a sophomore, a junior. I mean, he's missed all that time with those kids right now. So it's then brought up that it may be the 2023 class is the one to judge him on. So, I I mean, you hate to give a guy that you're giving six million dollars a year to a long leash for success. A special. Then again, the first year was a little odd, wouldn't you say? Shut down the entire. Special circumstances. I would. Tara Stanford calls it year zero. I think that's a common thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So almost. I feel like it's four years. Five years too. I don't know. I but, but like, are are we talking about expectations? Like you, he said to win ten games, like a New Year's Six Bowl, right? Yeah, like, yeah. To be know, in that conversation, right. like you're, you know, however you want to quantify, it, you could say, you know, you're a month away from the season ending, and you're like sixth in the CFP yeah. rankings. And if mm-hmm. one or two teams lose, you could get. It. I'm not saying you're at the mm-hmm. absolute peak, but you're like kind of on the doorstep of where we think like, the peak like could you're be. Six and two, seven and two, late yeah. in the season. Right now, yeah. as I'm in a calm state of mind, I'm not in mid-season form. <laughs> I'm going to tell myself that, yeah, like four years, I'll start to get a little antsy on edge. Five years is really when it hits because now those 23 kids are going to be juniors. I know in the middle of the season, I'll be losing my goddamn mind and I'll be just, you know, throwing F-bombs everywhere. Tie game with Illinois in the first quarter. Game, you know, we're going to triple overtime against West Kentucky. I'll be losing all my marbles. And that won't be fun. But I, like right now, you caught class. me at a good in, in June. This is a good time to ask a question. I, I think 2025 <laughs> is going to be the time to like really. That's a long, I mean, that's really long, but you know, I was, I'm just looking it up so I don't, yeah. you know, throw falsehoods on here. But I'm just looking at like Dabo at, with Clemson. It was really like not till year five, uh, year four, year five, where they really started the hum. I mean, the yeah, first like sure. four years were kind of, you know, four and three, nine and five, eight, you know, six and seven. You know, yeah. losing record is third year. Mm-hmm. And that's arguably the what, second or third best coach in the country right now, you know, multiple national titles. So, like, even if, if the second best coach in the country, arguably right now, with a lot of resources mm-hmm. Clemson has, yeah. took four years to get it going. Right. Like, I don't think it's unreasonable to say like 20, Four twenty five. That's when we can kind of get. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking like, I'm already on the bowl game train. Say, say twenty two. Say twenty two. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a homer, but I'm not that big of a sure, homer. Okay, okay. okay yeah. so I, I'm thinking like six or seven wins this year. They're going to blow past that four win total. Though. I hope so. Run, I will, I will have a tax layer bowl parade this year if they make it there. Tax oh, layer bowl. Any, Hell any yeah, bowl let's game. go. Any bowl let's game. Go. Any right. bowl game. Give me that. I like that. Um, so six or seven wins this year, I think mm-hmm. is pretty reasonable with before all these transfers came in. I would have said like five, four or five <sighs> at, at most. Yeah. But and then if he keeps doing the transfer portal and he keeps recruiting at a high level, you know, you go up by a win next year. So like seven or eight. And then by year three, if he's not winning like eight or nine games, then you got to have start having question marks. And year four, would that be 25? Year four? No, that'd be year four. I'm bad at it. We'll just say, okay, we'll, major. we'll say like 2024, he should be winning nine or 10 games. If, if he wants to, you know, have a safe 
you know, if, if his job wants to be 100% secure, he needs to be winning nine or 10 games by 2024. And then 2025 is national championship. Obviously. Sure, naturally. Yeah. And then we <laughs> sign him to an extension and it's all Yeah, if they're going if they're still going like baby. seven and five in year four or right. five, that's we got problems. But, I mean but that's like didn't D'Antonio take a huge step back in 09 in his third year? D'Antonio lost to Central Michigan. I was at the same. Was that the same. same. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we win the Big Ten in 09? No, that was that, that was, was 10. 10. That when we won the oh. share against uh, Penn State in the last yeah. game, nine yeah. and three. Ten, yeah. Oh nine. I was I at the, the Central game. That was my freshman year. And I, I remember, yeah, yep, I remember just being very depressed after they oh, lost yeah. to Central Michigan oh, yeah. at home. I was a senior yeah. in high school. And I, was like, and I remember getting here. texts like, yeah. D'Antonio's probably done, right? Like from oh, friends yeah. that... That's funny. Oh, and yeah. I, yeah. The flip side is D'Antonio was like the 73rd highest paid coach in Mel Tucker's like ninth. So. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Like, that's how true. do you think D'Antonio felt when he saw the numbers come across from Mel? He, he probably was like, yeah, that's awesome. Good for him, right? There's no <laughs> way. Yeah, it's funny. I, we, no we, way. we talked about that on the show. We talked about that. I can't remember who it was with about like... It was kind of like a hey, what was his you know money? He was well paid, but it's like yeah, I don't know. No one feels bad for him at this point. Like thanks, thanks for everything you did. Yeah, but those last couple of years were obviously tarnishing. Brutal. So let's move to another legendary Michigan State figure. Let's transition to this: the Michigan State basketball program. Mm. Their their pesky little coach Tom Izzo. Maybe <laughs> you've heard of him. I'm a big Tom Izzo fan. Speaking of commission paintings and frame pictures, also well represented in our space here. I've already stole two. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you got your out. U-Haul. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I want to talk about. Obviously, you know, I'm sure we're all time is on that picture. Love but picture. for for you know, open transparency here, my license plate is literally TM Izzo. So <laughs> I don't know if this is the most objective show that you'll ever hear on Tom Izzo. But look, I want to talk about Tom Izzo's timeline, and and let's just look at it comparatively. Tom Izzo is going to turn 67 years old in the middle of next season, and 67, you can go past it. Roy Williams, though, just retired at age 70. Judd Heathcote, Izzo's mentor, retired at age 68. Bo Ryan, longtime nemesis at Wisconsin, retired at age 68. Coach K, by the time he's done, will be 75. He's a little bit on the older end of that spectrum. I know Izzo is on record as saying he doesn't want to go anywhere near 80. He, he, that was a quote from like 10, 15 years ago. He's like, no, I'm not going to go near 80. So I don't think he's going to be there 10 more years. Where do you land on this? Is the end near? Are we looking at the twilight? Is this... Last year, second to last year. We'll start with you, Matt. What yeah. do you think? How, how, how much more Izzo are we in for? Now, so, I, I never made this on the record. Uh, many years ago, I had the thought that, okay, he's going to retire when his kid goes through the program, which that sounds smart on the surface. However, I also <laughs> tie that in with, and Imani Bates comes, one and done, which would have been the same year. So that blanket already came on. We've got two <laughs> things going wrong here is that Steven doesn't can be here for three more years with the free COVID year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys caught the wind about Imani Bates. He's he not. He's not. I'm glad you're sitting down, Connor. He's not coming. So, yeah, I'm sorry, bud. I, I think it is near. I think it's two to three years away. And listen, I, I, I clown and troll Coach K <laughs> for using name image likeness in the transfer portal for being a reason to step down. You mean it. But. Honestly, I can see it, you know, like I, I, I speak from a guy who doesn't like change myself. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing something for two decades or like Coach K eight decades like he did. Right. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the transfer portal is buzzing. There's a thousand names in it every year. NIL, it's almost like the transfer portal. It's not like there's a slow, gradual buildup. And it's like, OK, you can learn along the way here. It happens. Yeah. NIL, when, when whoever, had, uh, I'm not a political guy, whoever signs the signature, senator, president, I, who the hell knows. <laughs> Whenever that gets signed, it just starts. It's open season. It's the yeah. OK Corral out there. And kind of, that kind of, 
this is what happened with the transfer portal. I, it was a slower buildup, I guess, but man, it very it's steep, very steep climb. Yeah. So, as an old guy, like I get it. Oh, as as a young guy, I think I'd be bothered by that. So I could totally see how you know what. I'm 60 whatever years old. I, I don't want to learn how to deal with NIL. I don't want to yeah. be swimming in the transfer portal trying to recruit my own players that are on my team right now. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so listen, I be behind the curtain. I, I, I will clown Coach K for and I will continue to do so. But yeah, I gotta be you. real too. I, you. This this will shock you. Me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you got a you got a little frisky on Twitter about this. I get Coach frisky. Thing. We actually oh, yeah, pulled yeah. that. I I, okay. I laughed. I oh yeah. That. So, so our audience knows, yeah, you said you were a little fired up. So let's, yeah. let's, let's have Ben throw that one up there. Sure. Because you make me laugh a lot. Show the receipts, baby. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, well, we could have pulled any number. You had a couple. Oh, no. mm-hmm. so, so Jeff Goodman talks yeah. about this. So this, let's talk about this. <laughs> this was yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Goodman says, uh, this is about Coach K. He's obviously nearing the end of his career. Yeah, sure. But name, image, and likeness coming into college basketball and the transfer portal being out of control definitely sped up Head his timeline. This is a source close to Coach K, according to Jeff Goodman. And your response with the quote tweet was, right, because his roster's loaded with constant top five classes can't possibly match up with everyone using trans. The, the, the millisecond everyone else gets to use their advantage, like, oh, I, I'm out. Like, he used, please, he used, like, the, how's the hair looking, by the way? Horrible? Good. All right. Fantastic. Um, he's, uh, so, like, yeah, like, he uses the clout of being the Olympic national coach for for a while, you know? Oh, yeah, you're a, you're a recruit. You like Kobe Bryant. I'm getting on the horn right now. Okay, sure. He earned his way onto that Olympic team. This, I have an agenda here that I'm trying to promote. It's once everyone else can start using clout, start using their brand, start legally paying players. Oh, allegedly. You got a lawyer in the room, so I'm, I'm good on that. Now it's like, oh, I'm out. Like, okay, coach. I don't know why I hate him. I, I, oh, he's he's very hateable. He is very hateable. But I just, he I can't, the fa- he's phony. He's got, to me. he's got the face. He's very phony. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, the, the, the rat face doesn't help. And you could have called this retirement tour from a mile away. Like, Roy Williams steps aside at the end of the year. Tom Izzo just said today that he wouldn't do a retirement tour. Because he's a class say, act. He is a class act. But I got to say, like, he, he likes the attention, too. Who are we kidding? Well, yeah. I'm actually surprised he's not doing a uh, retirement tour. Coach K. Please. Coach K is doing please. the queen wave. Please. On the way I'm out. shocked that he's not doing like a three year retire. Like, oh, I'm going to retire in 2025. Like, oh, save me with like, that. Like, wherever you stand on the paying players, not paying players thing is really irrelevant. But I don't know you if you sure. guys, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember. It was like a week. It may have even been the same like day. But uh, they released his MasterCard commercial, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, holding up the mask. I think it was MasterCard. I MasterCard. Don't that. And, and, he, and but he was like, it was either that day or that week. It was within that same kind of bubble. He was talking about all the reasons why players shouldn't be paid, and like, even if that's your stance, which is fine. Like, there's I get there's arguments from both sides, but like maybe couch that for like. You know, once that commercial's yeah. on its third or fourth run, <laughs> right, like, right. it was like it, the commercial debuts. I use Mastercard, get like get out of here, cha-ching, oh. like oh, but these fucks, these guys can't get paid. So it's like you know, if you're going to to end up with this position of like don't pay the players, like okay, whatever, maybe like put it off for a week, like let that commercial run yeah, a couple times, it. yeah, yeah. Well, wait till it's like on Friends reruns before, sure. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's in prime time. Wait True for TV it to, commercial <laughs> airtime, yeah, that's right. The Coach K thing, I mean, I, you know, for the record, I'm like a Spartan and Tar Heel, so I couldn't possibly have more contempt for Duke right. in that program. And when I got into UNC for business school, my brother gave me a gift. Uh, it was uh, why Duke sucks or Duke's, all the reasons Duke sucks or something like that. And that's on my shelf by the bar. You guys filled up your cups at. So, yeah, yeah I mean, boy, I, I hate him as much as anybody, but I'm curious because <laughs> yeah, straight Jid. Straight. 
No so, ice cubes. So, well, here, here's but here's the the connection with Izzo, and this came out. We this would have been up on the screen. This came out um, at least to us like a couple hours ago. And Ben, you should see the shit I gave him to prepare with like ten hours notice as it is. But this was Tom Izzo today on the Tiki and Tyranny show asked about you know the Coach K and retirement and kind of where where do you stand now? Like what's your timeline looking at? And he says he's not going to get in the specific timelines, and it's not imminent. But he admits he's getting concerned about my profession. It's the meter when the problem meter overrides the enjoyment meter, then it's time to go. Important to note that this is in the context of stuff that we were talking about with Coach K and transfer portal and name and likeness. So Izzo, even if he's not walking out the door now, seems to have the same issues that led Coach K to walk out the door. I I just I don't know how that affects him. But when he says things like, you know, it's all about that meter. And when the scales are tipped, you know, that's when it's time to go. And I don't like what I'm seeing. To me, we're on the Stephen Izzo two to three year timeline. That's kind of where yeah. I, th- I think that's reasonable. Is that is that fair? I, I mean, I've heard when I was in college, I, I heard like three or four years then. And that yeah, was right. that was like yeah, eight yeah. years ago. I didn't believe that then. I believe it now, though. I have a hard time seeing him want to hang it up because it wasn't it last year where he was like, Oh, I'm in, I'm enjoying it. Like I, I don't have like any timeline. What like he like this year's group revitalized me. Yeah, or something like, like, that. Something or like the Final that. Four team two years ago. But it was did, one of those two teams. Did yeah. this year's team bring him back down? Like I, if this year's team revitalized him, we have some problems. <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, he's a masochist at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I think it was 2019 for the I th- record. I think he's so hell bent on getting number two that I mean, we might not see him re- like really think about retiring until he gets like to that next final four and he's on the verge of like, maybe he makes the national title game and he loses. Maybe he's just like, all right, like I, I just can't do can't it. Like, I could. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, this, this past year, I mean, I might've retired after this past year. That was, that was just a nightmare, but I mean, he's got a good class coming in. He, he potentially could have a good next year. There's a bunch of guys on the board and they'll probably have like a five person recruiting class. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the Steven Izzo thing makes sense. You know, stay, leave when your kid leaves. I get it. How poetic, you know? It's, yeah, but like, beautiful. is that really the the one thing that's keeping him at Michigan State? I just, I don't think so. I don't think it's the one thing, but it would be a neat sort of exit it, point. It ties it in. Yeah, yeah, we could just have Steven Izzo on yeah. the staff as like a grad assistant, and then they go out together after they win a national championship. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I Bang. to me, the <laughs> long, the longer the better. Yeah, and I mean, we mentioned 2019, and you mentioned you, know, you used the term he's hell bent on getting that second one, which is a perfect transition. Mm. So we pulled this quote from it was the eve of the Final Four. It was like two days before the game against Texas Tech. So we're into April 2019, just over two years ago. This is from Tom Izzo that day. I need a second national title to validate my career. The more I keep talking about that second title, it puts you in a smaller fraternity of coaches who have done it. And he says later in this article, which we didn't pull, that this is, he openly acknowledges, this was a deviation from where he had been five years prior, where he used to say, and you can find those quotes as well, he used to say, oh, I don't worry about that. Of course I want it. It's important. But like, I don't need that for validation. He has landed where a lot of Michigan State fans have and where a lot of people have nationally. Look, you get into that list. If you go after 1950, because we looked this up, the amount of guys that have, and we're like beyond, uh, I think maybe it's 1960, we're like get out of the Adolph Rupp type stuff. Mm -hmm. The list of guys that have at least two is only 10. If you want to talk about everyone that has at least one, I mean, now you're you're talking about um, a much longer list and, and some less impressive names, guys that got fired like 
two years Kevin after. Ollie. Um, UConn, the guy that beat Ollie. us. Kevin Ollie. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's like, is Kevin Ollie up there with Coach K? I mean, he so, is right that you get distinguished. So he transitioned. He said he used to say, no, oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. Now this is two years ago, and I believe it's the last time until today that he spoke on this at all with you know, that second national title. He now thinks, as do I, doesn't mean he needs it to be considered great. Doesn't mean he needs it to get in the Hall of Fame. He's already in the Hall. But to be in that upper, upper air where you're mentioned with Coach K, Roy Williams, you know, John Wooden's a little extreme. Mm-hmm. I think he does need it. He thinks he needs it. His legacy needs it. Do you agree with that? Let's start with you, Matt. From the national perspective, yeah, probably. Just like you said, you listed all the names perfectly. But from from me, and I don't even feel like this is a Homer thing to say. Like, I just feel like it's a – I'm really stepping out here. I think it's a rational thing to say. You know me. I don't do a lot of rational speak here. But, like, eight Final Fours, man, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure, he didn't bring it home in seven of them. But, he failed seven times. Uh, right. He got he, on Saturday. Like we don't we almost never even get to Monday. I mean yeah, 09 being right. the one exception in a non-title year. That was rough. Of course, yeah, when you're playing an NBA team, basically. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, th- there's something to be said about getting there though, eight times. If, if listen, if settling for one national championship be considered great is being a loser, then I'm the biggest loser in the world then. Like I I he I'm only one person. He he's met himself in greatest to me, obviously, mm-hmm. but like Will he be up with the Coach K's necessarily? Probably not. I mean, but you're with your other group of guys. If he like wins like Celts. eight straight from now until he's 75 and then retires. Well, sure. you said, you, you hey, said, no. you know, hey, no. you that. said like your idea of a loser. That's not really, no one, no one is saying that. Yeah. Oh, no, of course. I, but I, I mean, like to, are, get, to I mean, get in that stratosphere, right. yeah. I think he does need it. You, you don't think so. You think he could kind of ride off into the sunset on his resume now and still be... He's on the board, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he is with Coach K or anything. I mean, that's that's definitely a lot to shoot for. But as like for the word great, was he a great coach? I think that's what I get a hunt up on. I'm a words guy, you know, and like elite coaches. So any guy that gets to a Final Four eight times, takes home one national title, sure. Mm-hmm. And you also got to look at the Final Fours too, like, 2015, like he, no business being there. No, I wouldn't no. say he failed there. And I'm going to say this part quietly, uh, but you also have like 2013 when you probably should have been uh, there anyway. But you know what? Luckily, there's no banner to show for it. Yeah, that's right. So, anyway, <laughs> you've been there eight times. You, you, you really, really had some great runs in some of those, like 05 when they had to beat what Duke and Kentucky to even get there. Yeah. Like, the, was that the, uh, beating, I don't know, just ranking Ding Duke with the, three the top Ager, eight draft picks. Shane like, Brown, yeah, Paul yeah. Davis. Team. I mean, that team was so I, listen, yeah. I, I know it's not the natty, but man, eight final fours, I, that's it's okay with me. And, like, uh, he doesn't need a second natty to validate anything with. I don't want to speak for all state fans, obviously, but. It's you. It's you. For you. I don't know. I think that he's already in the conversation as one of, like, top five coaches. And there's really not a debate against it. Nobody can really, like, argue against, you know, people who say, oh, he's not top five. He hasn't won a championship since 2000. It's like, okay, but how many other coaches have, active coaches, mm-hmm. have won more than one championship? Yeah. How many Big Ten coaches have won since his? Yeah, exactly. I feel like the tournament <laughs> exactly. too should be yeah. talked about as well, right? Well, I that mean, like, too, that's yeah. a sneaky, like, fun stat to have. But, like, even in Tom Izzo's worst years, 
I'm still in the party, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm still here, baby. That's right. I Although some anywhere. say the team didn't make the tournament this yeah. year. but uh, I heard our name on Selection Sunday. Did, did you guys? Oh, I, I did. Okay, validated. I, I right, like when the Selection Committee guy comes out like on national TV and is like, yeah, we're looking at the TV appeal for that playing game, and UCLA-Michigan State, that's going to get a lot of eyeballs. And you can see the guy kind of pause right after it was out of his the mouth. The winner of that was going to the Final Four no matter what. We all know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that. that. The guy openly admitted right. Michigan State didn't belong that, on that line. That exact game. Game and the re- and the fact that UCLA went to the Final Four is also a reason why I don't think it's a total failure if Izzo doesn't win another one. The NCAA tournament yeah. is the most ridiculous, like championship decider yeah. of any yeah. any sport. Sixty four teams and this team that barely made it in UCLA they struggled in the Pac twelve at the end of the season. I think they lost like six of seven or oh, yeah. some ridiculous oh yeah they were they terrible were they were terrible they were not good people were and, mad they were even in yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. i didn't yeah. think they were gonna Valid. i didn't think they yeah. should have made it but they go to the final four and they have a chance to beat gonzaga or was it was it Gonzaga? Yeah. They, they, were, they were beaten yeah. by jalen suggs at yeah. the buzzer yeah, yeah. that that's exact that's a perfect example of why Izzo winning his not winning a second wouldn't be a total failure but like if i'm Izzo, obviously that's what I need for validation. You know, 21 years ago, you you probably thought in your oh, own yeah. mind, you're like, am I washed up? Like, I, I can't, rolling. I yeah. can't get past the the final four. You know, I can't make it to Monday night. Uh, for him, I think it's more of a, a personal thing. Like he wants, he's probably set that goal since 2000. No doubt. Like I'm going to win a second one. You know, whatever happens after that is just gravy. And he hasn't won the second one, so now it's eating away at him. And he probably put it off talking about it for so long. I think you said like since 2015, he like said it wasn't a big deal, or whatever. He was lying, 100% lying. I think so. I agree, 100% yeah. lying. Over a decade from from winning your first one, and you were a young coach when you won oh, your yeah. first one. That's eating at you from the day you held that trophy until that moment. I mean, he's it's been eating at him, and good thing or good for him for finally admitting that it, it's been on his mind and he needs that. So. I was I was at Michigan State in that period for 09 and 2010. Mm-hmm. And I've always said the 09 team was my favorite Michigan State team oh, ever, so football or basketball. Gotcha. And you look at their their road, their path, and look like call it sour grapes if you want. I don't care. That team and what they did as a two seed was so impressive. The Pac-10 tournament champion USC team, a very good USC team. We were bailed out by Travis Walton, of all people in that game. People forget he was Sharpshooter. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That guy had the game of his life and, and <laughs> bailed us out. Defending national champion and still very good, you know, Cole Aldrich, third seed, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Then you beat the number one overall seed, Louisville, in the Elite Eight. That number one overall seed in the whole thing. Yeah. You played another one seed in UConn. I shoot to beat. Beat them. It, that it, was it, that was a crazy. And then you tournament. played another one seed, yeah. and one of the best one seeds in the last twenty five years in UNC. So you played three straight one seeds, one of whom is one of the best ten in the last quarter century. Oh, like yeah. they're on every list you can find. And even before that gauntlet of three, you played the defending national champion Kansas and the Pac ten champion mm. USC team. That was very frisky. That team. Really, there's a lot of years where that team wins the whole fucking that thing. Darrell Summers dunk was just chills still. Yeah, chills. It's Stanley Robinson. That fourth field was right. rocking. Yeah, literally but, but you know, it's and you look at like, look, call me petty, the Michigan basketball run when they went to the national title game a few years ago and then eventually got beat by the one good team they played in that six-game run. Uh, sorry. It's I get not it. petty. No, it's I, I, I just turned the wheels in my head to think of, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. You, I, you guys are... 
A few years younger than me, at least. I mean, I the kids say ratioed. I I, I hate to. Yeah. I think I was. I'm ratio- 17, so I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Ratioed <laughs> is the term. Yeah. I got right. ratioed into oblivion when I was pointing <laughs> this out. And but look, I, I tagged everything with like, hey guys, Michigan State fan here, openly admit that I'm bitter because mm-hmm. I have seen Michigan State draw these gauntlets mm-hmm. and have to go through them. Yeah. I saw us lose national titles because we didn't get this run where we've had multiple, in my opinion, teams where if we had that path. We would have won the whole thing. I think the 09 team beats that very good Villanova team, but it's just they're not all created equal. But Izzo has had the point is, and to, to put a bow on this, he's been very close, even if he hasn't gotten to that Monday. Just sometimes you got to be lucky. 2010, if you ever see Tom Izzo out in public or walking around the stadium or you go to Midnight Madness, here's my advice because it gets a great response. I've done it twice. Just ask him, don't even say hi. Just okay. go up to him and say, hey, uh, Tom, or hey, coach, or whatever you want to introduce, uh, you know, whatever you want to call him. Just say, hey, uh, did Gordon Hayward follow Draymond mm-hmm. Green in 2010 in the Final Four? He, the, the, this guy's face lights. I've done it twice. He, <laughs> it, it, first time, he goes, fucking course. It was a fucking <laughs> course. I was down in the Bahamas uh, for uh, the Battle for Atlanta. That's the first. Nice. Uh, well, yeah, it's a little Bill Sims. Yeah, I was in the front row at the, the <laughs> NBA Finals. <laughs> Unintentional flex, but no, I just I, just to give the context. No, but, I, I, so I'm, he's I'm he was just walking around, and and that was uh, I think it was actually the second time. But he goes, oh fucking course, fucking course. <laughs> and, he, and the other time too it was actually in East Lansing. But he gives this great. He's so mad about that. He knows, yeah. and uh, it's funny if. Uh, the, Hayward admitted it in the post-game press conference. They asked him, like, hey, did you get his hand there? He's like, uh, you know, they didn't call it, you know. So he's been on the doorstep, but yeah. I guess we'll leave it at that we disagree because, well, he doesn't need it for me to love him. He doesn't need it to be great. He's already in the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. It just, yeah, that would go a long way. Be and, nice. You know, that's kind of where I am with him. So we're talking about Tom Izzo, timeline transition. So the natural sort of progression of this conversation goes into whether it's two years, four years, five years, whatever. What happens next when he's gone? Let's say he's gone in three years. You're looking at a three-decade run of this guy being here. It's a long, it's a long time anywhere, especially in this day and age. So we're not going to name the source, but it's a guy I trust, a guy uh, I think both of you probably know. But there was a source that we did this whole graphic I put up there with a, the Justin Tin episode, and we're going through uh, – you know, here's all the guys, Nate Oates and, and uh, Wayne Stevens, all the guys that might replace Tom Izzo when he moves on. And I get this text message from the guy, and I will throw that up there. <laughs> this is, we're not going to attribute it, but this is, we go through this whole list. Here's the, here's the quote. You went through all these names and none of them were right. You missed the most obvious one. It's Drew Valentine. MSU loves him. Some informal chatter has already taken place. <laughs> I think he's the guy. That's an anonymous source talking about Drew Valentine, not Denzel, his, his brother Drew, who was a grad assistant in East Lansing. Uh, obviously, his brother, a player of the year famously for Michigan State, and the newly elevated head coach for Loyola, frisky little Loyola with their you know none. So I, I just, I'm curious, <laughs> I guess, on two points. One, Let's get it out of the way right now. If Drew Valentine sucks at Loyola, that's like, we all know that's obviously he won't be the guy. But if he wins there, he does the same kind of shit. Oh, they make an Elite Eight. They're winning 25 games a year in their shit conference. Do you think Drew Valentine's a reasonable replacement for Tom Izzo? Because that was, I got that text. I wasn't even thinking about Drew Valentine. 
this person whom I trust, I was given permission to share this on Twitter publicly, says he is not the guy, not done deal, mm-hmm. but the, he is their favorite option right now. Where do you uh, think that lands? And do you think it's crazy that they're even thinking that? Because I trust the information. Yeah. You think it's crazy that that's where they are right now? I mean, I'm not going to you know, flex too hard, but I did, do it. I did make a list of potential replacements for Izzo on Spartan Avenue. And Drew Valentine, Drew Valentine was on the list. And I mean, ever since, you know, the, the whole conversation, I think that was after Roy Williams retired. And everybody was like, wait, what happens if Izzo retires? Like, who, who do we go to? And that's kind of why I, I thought of it. And Valentine was one of the more obvious ones just because a lot of programs are going toward the youth and they want, they want the younger guy who's going to be there who can connect with the recruits. And I think Duke's doing that with Shire and, and uh, you know, it just works. And Valentine just, just makes sense, but we do need to give him the Tom Crean treatment a little bit here. I remember, do you remember when Tom Crean was like, Certainly. everybody's like, oh, Tom Crean's going to be the next coach. Oh, yeah, he should be coached right now at Michigan exactly. State if you asked anyone 15 years ago or 10, <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So 10. And then you watched him just crumble at Indiana and you're like, Okay, hold up, hold up. We we don't want Tom Crean. That's a terrible option. Yeah. It's kind of like Narduzzi. Like, sure, Narduzzi's yeah, going to be the ball. next coach at, yeah. at Michigan State, and then he's kind of like very average at Pittsburgh. Yeah, treading water. At yeah, best there. you you got to yeah. kind of give it. This is perfect because if Izzo does have you know three, two or three years left, watch and see what Drew Valentine does at Loyola for two or three years. He still has a talented roster. I'm pretty sure he's bringing back a good number of guys. Doesn't have Crutwig though. I'll tell you they, what, did he transfer? Uh, did he go I think Farrell? I think he's considering. I'm not a Loyola insider. I'm sorry. He'll, he'll be back either. averaging 20 a game for all I know. <laughs> they might have. That's yeah, on me. But if if Loyola is still the same team that they were, um, I mean, as as a Michigan State fan, you you want you want that. If you can succeed at Loyola, you're probably going to be pretty good at a place with more recruiting power, yeah. more money, more you know, better facilities, all this stuff, more backing from your you know athletic department. I would say I would be all in on Drew Valentine if that was the route they took and if he was successful at Loyola. Absolutely. Yeah, if he keeps his head above water, for sure, no mm-hmm. doubt. And even if he fails there, like, listen, he's, what, 29, 30? Oh, like, he's, yeah. he's, he's a young guy. So even if you do give him, like, the stopgap and Dwayne Stevens is the guy for that three, four-year stretch, mm-hmm. I'm going to pause right uh, Apologies to whoever gets the job after Izzo, though, yeah. honestly. Like, the, you talk about an impossible job mm-hmm. to have, like, phew, taking over for a legend. like. John Shire, like, yeah, it's an awesome job. I don't know if it's one I want, though. because Hubert Davis, same thing. Hubert Davis, same thing. You might as well write in your contract, like, you will be fired four years from now, like, unless you make a final four. As long as you have a bag man, though. Yeah, there's something to that, isn't there? So, (laughs) don't get me wrong. Valentine, as an option, love it. Because, Mm -hmm. yeah, the youth, like, you want someone with the energy that can keep up with NIL, the transfer portal, well, obviously connect with the kids. So, and he knows Michigan State. Knows Michigan State a little bit here. Yeah. So, I, I would, I would love Drew Valentine, and that mm. that's a very interesting text though that they've already like informally talked about it. Like yeah, that, I was blown away. It's one ooh. thing to say, oh, I think they like him, like I, not informally necessarily with him, but in house. Sure, they're like any conversation of it's fantastic. They are yeah. watching him. Yeah. Like he, he is their sort of soft number one. Like hey. Yeah, maybe three years left on in this. Yeah. Izzo thing. Nate Oates would be one A. I think Valentine should be one B. Uh, to me, Nate Oates is one, and then at yeah. best, yeah, it's a two. Right, <laughs> but realistically, like Alabama's gonna end up forking over some cash to keep him. Yeah, it's, but it's on, so tough gonna, for a Power Five guy. Leave. I see. I, I don't know. I think Power Five guys leaving their jobs these days is it's, damn near impossible. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know how much growth there is. Like he's got a good thing going down in Alabama. I don't know. 
how much more money MSU can offer that Alabama can't. They got they got we the, have Matt Ishbia. That's that's true. We we, we do got billionaire Ishbia <laughs> and uh, Dan Gilbert. Um, I was calling Dan Campbell. Um, with that said, too, like I and I understand Nate Oates and the whole thing, like oh he was in Michigan, but this is one of my biggest pet peeves when Nate Oates gets is that oh he'll come back home to Michigan. He wasn't from here. Not from here at all. He has no connections. Like he taught in Romulus for ten years. No disrespect to Romulus. Great airport there, but I, is he really dying to get back here and he go to his old time? Does he? Does he though? Like I, I don't know. If this is necessarily a place he wants to come back to. Don't. Hey, it's romantic to come back to the place where you started from. You know, ooh, high school coach here. He's so poetic. I, he kind of likes making his millions and a great program, a great program down I've, in Alabama. I've heard he's been dying to buy property in Ryan Millis for a while. D- dying to, dying that's, to. That's the rumor. I don't know. I think Michigan State's a far better. Don't get me wrong. Brand. I would, I would well, love it. Well, whether or not he would actually would come, we're talking about like what your sort of preferred mm-hmm. path would be. Oh, preferred is NATO. Yeah. He's number one, like yeah, oh, yeah. with a bullet. But yeah. I, this whole thing kind of changes because we don't know. We all agree it's going to be here, obviously. At least one more year. Yeah. But so it's obviously completely, and, and you know, the person that sent me that followed up and said the same thing. It's going to depend on what Valentine actually does. Yeah, I, yeah. That's a given. Yeah. But if he gets that thing 25 win, making noise in the tournament, I, I think it's, I didn't think about it. Credit to you. I didn't see your article, but I, he wasn't even on my radar. Shit, but it <laughs> was interesting and it makes a lot of sense if he does well. That's sort of a natural, obviously. I mean, you say NATO doesn't want to leave Alabama. That's debatable. Valentine, uh, he'll be coming to East Lansing if they mm-hmm. if they call Absolutely. him in his yeah. office in Loyola. So yeah. you can have him if you want him. So that's something obviously to keep an eye on. Before we move on, Tom Crean slanders a little much. Okay, <laughs> I love Crean. personally. he won two Big Ten titles <laughs> at Indiana. I'm not saying hey. he was great, but like the, people talk about Tom Crean, like he was just a total trainer. He, he, I think it was what three Sweet Sixteen. I said crumbled. It wasn't like uh, he wasn't like a train wreck. He just crumbled slowly. He pulled a Calvin Sampson on the program. Say it. Say <laughs> it. Say it. <laughs> yeah, Calvin Sampson at that Eric Gordon team before he. Oh, they were good until he made too well, many phone. Was yeah. it like made too many phone calls? Yeah. I, guess. I mean, I, they both recruited. I mean, Green had some good players. Could you yeah. imagine Boy, back Depot. in the day that that was the worst thing you could do as a coach is call too many people? I like, think that's what then, Sampson like, did. He was like calling. Oh, too yeah, many. no, it was that yeah, scandal yeah. broke free. Yeah, yeah broke yeah, out. I mean, I'd be like, you thought he was shipping in hookers by like the the cargo freight package by just and the guy. I remember yeah. reading that because I was in school at the time, and I'm like, they fired the fucking guy. Right. Like, out of here. <laughs> made too many phone calls. I mean, yeah. it, it just cold game. Yeah, he was just, working too hard. Yes, yeah, I do like Green though. Green's a nice guy. I met him personally. He asked me if I was a basketball recruiter at one point. You like that one? Yeah, that's right. No, I, I met him in Florida. I was like, hey, coach, can, can I get a picture? He's like, yeah. Sure. What? You're not a recruit, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, back in the day. Back in the day, yeah, like? all five foot eight, one hundred thirty pounds of me. Yeah, I'm a four star power forward out of California. Everyone like, wanted everybody, Foster. Everyone wanted Foster a lawyer. Great the, point. I yeah. promise you, I don't shoot like Sorry, I, I, you could kick the shit out of Foster a lawyer if that came down to it. I'll take you. I'll, I'll, I did the surfboard though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have a five year old daughter. She'd have at least a fighting puncher's chance. She would have cross him up so hard. Uh, yeah, come on, the guy would fall down. I, I don't want to talk about Foster a lawyer. I'm having a good time. So, so we'll, we'll leave it there. So the I know still you, open? is what's still open? Is your bar still open? If we're you want to go? Talk. You can go. You want to go before the speed run? You can you can refill your beverage. The Foster lawyer really. You see people. Have, you see people have at least two drinks before they uh, sit down with me. It's it's a, I'm a lot to take. Let's face it. Let's, let's be <laughs> no, self aware on no, no. self aware on this program here. So let's get we we covered the two big things. I want to talk about Mel. I want to talk about Tom Izzo. We sure. covered it in depth. I think our people are far better for having heard you guys speak. 
you're you're that's, bringing on that's a lot debatable you're you're, ma lie. you're making me feel a lot better about my mel tucker slapdick ism yeah, yeah but let's get to the fun part i know you guys are religious viewers of the program you have never missed an episode so i don't have to talk about no. the speed round but for those <laughs> that are here for the first time because let's face it you guys across from me have a huge following so maybe it's your first time with us we do this little thing called the speed round it's uh, similar to word association, but they give us more than a word. They give us a couple sentences each, and we're just going to rip through it. Let's try to go fast. Don't do the Justin Rogers thing where you speak for like half an hour on each point. Sure. I mean, do whatever you want. Are we going to make asses of ourselves? Is that what this is about? Do you want to make an ass of yourself? Absolutely. You can do whatever you want. I, <laughs> I do it every day of my life. Yeah. What's so, another day? Let's go, baby. So let's uh, bed, bed throw it up there. Uh, well, let's, let's get the first one. Let's get the first one started. So this is our speed round. We're, we're just going to well, – let's start with you, Matt, every single time. Yeah. Um, I, I, so here we go. We'll start here. Oh. Your favorite March Madness moment. It's, it's, it's a flex. I'm going to be an asshole right now. I Very <laughs> luckily through my job, I got to go to the 2019 Final Four. I sat three rows from the court. My job that week – I don't have the job anymore. I, I should have been. Uh -huh. uh -huh. my, 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 my job that week was to create content with Josh Peck. And – as a, a perk for him, he sat courtside for the game. He doesn't give a shit about Michigan State basketball, but I was with him the whole time, so I got to sit third row from the court for the Texas Tech Michigan State. I feel that was so the Texas Tech one was your favorite moment. Matt McQuaid was for me to that corner when I he shot that wait, three. Wait, 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 I can't wait, wait, believe wait. that a, a <laughs> Final Four loss. I know. Me in either. a pick'em game in Vegas was your highlight. I, mean, I know. Wow. Here, but here we are. I mean, that's, that's, hey, I was close right. enough to like touch the right? court, basically. What? Am are you I feeling? feeling? I'm feeling just fine. Yeah, <laughs> I feel honestly. like that that so, game has damaged my. Brain. What, what, you know like, what? I, I don't. I don't feel the same about the game as a lot of people do. I thought in. Uh -uh. I, mean, I thought Texas Tech was the better team that. Day. No, I, just stop. I just, just remove. So I, speed I, round. Hey, what it, are you talking it, about? Is it? Connor's gonna? Connor's is gonna be like when Trey Burke stripped Keith Appling <laughs> at Chrysler Center. That was the highlight. It wasn't March Madness. It wasn't March Madness. So technically, he'd be I mean, ineligible. What yeah. depressing when Wayne moment? Wayne Ellington started five for five uh, from three and oh nine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then not calling the foul on Gordon Hayward. Sure. Middle Tennessee was oh, your March favorite. Madness? Okay. What was the final four? Oh, it, the Duke game. Sorry, that's a quick answer. Well, we're actually getting to that in a second. Final four. What was something you actually liked? Because his answer was. I was. I was. He said the tournament. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, maybe I'm a prisoner in the moment, but 2019 tournament when they beat Duke, I mean, that was it. That was March Madness. Moment. That's probably, that's got to be up there. The Corey Lucius one, the, the three pointer of the buzzer to beat Maryland, that's, that's up there just because, like, I was, you know, college age and I was like, I just remember like just being cr going crazy when it happened. But Cassius Winston dribbling out the clock against Duke's got to be. Both those wins are before you on the, on the yeah. studio beautiful. Can we play beautiful. the Jim Calhoun I fucked up clip? Because I, 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 I read your favorite <laughs> Final Four moment, not March Madness moment. It's too late now. Monk, like you said, monkey yourself. is out of the bottle on this one. <laughs> Got to flex up. So, so, yeah, that's, so, that's okay. so this one, really, I guess it could be, you could have the same answer for both, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I can't believe your favorite moment was the Final Four loss. Your worst March Madness moment. Yeah, so in 2019, I got to go to the final. <laughs> um, yeah, right. No, worst March Madness moment. Come on. It, it's, it's 2016. It has to be. I mean, it's, it's, it's the basic answer, but it's the obvious answer. It's the, the Giddy Potts factory. Uh, you know, uh, favorite State. in Vegas to win it that year, by the way. They were the favorite in Vegas, Michigan State was. I'll tell you what, for a hot second, it was MSU being ranked uh, number two seed in Duke's region uh, because – Beers were flowing. Mm. I'm doing horrible at the speed round, by the way. But, like, <laughs> St. Patrick's Day would just beat Michigan for a Big Ten tournament title. It's like, oh, hell yeah, let's all get schlitzed to oblivion. Yeah. And then, oh, we're the two seed against Duke. <laughs> well, there goes our chances. I'm I'm trying to think of a different answer than you. Because Middle Tennessee is so easy to pick. 
I mean, maybe 2013 when they lost to UConn, maybe. That one it was just like that's a bad it was just one. like this is the team, you know, and yeah. and, and they just they just laid an egg. I, I got to go with 2013 because that year they probably. I mean, 2016 they probably could have won it too. To, they to were me, so good. the 2013 team is the one that got away. I know we talked about 2016 was the best like team team that sure. I can remember. 2013 was the most talented team. I, I'm going with Matt's answer. 2016, not that it's my round, it's your round. But my, you my daughter, you first, the firstborn child, was like nine days old. Oh, and my hard. wife was out doing something. So the, the kid just would not, God bless her, would not stop crying for like four hours. So, her never speak. speak now. But if she was literally not even two weeks old. She was born like in the middle of March. And it's, it's kid just screaming. Oh. So I'm watching this game. And the kid. Ah, screaming in my ear the whole time, and it's just yeah, me nice. too, kid. I stopped. <laughs> I, stopped I stopped watching after a little bit. I it was just, so I depressing. Had to to the last five minutes on the radio that you talk about. Hmm. It was so bad. We ate shit that day for sure. So we'll move on. Uh, let's go to the next one. 2020 MSU basketball. If COVID never happens, that's actually low key. Michigan State famously gets hot at the end. I went on a 20 minute, uh, I guess, positive rant saying. I can't believe Cassius Winston finally found the one thing we never saw. One of the best players of the Izzo era, one of the best players in program history, arguably the most beloved player in the history of that program, and that's a long list. Still, the one thing he was missing was a little bit of that killer instinct. Just he wouldn't he wouldn't get after his guys. He had it. He was as cool as a cucumber. He wouldn't get in guys' faces mm-hmm. if they were slacking. He found it. He was talking back to Izzo. He was vetoing timeouts. Tomzo's breaking his fingers, trying to call a timeout. Winston ignores him, sets up a big bucket at Penn State to rally and win oh, that game. Here, That's right. Yeah, and, and, no and way. Winston's on the sideline screaming at Izzo. Yeah. It's like, who the fuck's this guy? Right. Like, where was this guy for the last three and a half years? Yeah. The team was rolling. They win the Big Ten. The one thing that they were missing, that sort of edge, it was there for the last couple of games. Everyone knows what happened. COVID hits. Tournament's canceled right on the eve of the Big Ten tournament. Let's go into an alternative universe where either a bat didn't get people sick or a lab leak didn't occur, whatever happened there that's still being litigated. Everything just goes off without a hit. Season happens as planned. What does 2020 Michigan State basketball's end game look like? Where do they finish? I'll tell you what didn't help was that Joel Lenardi bullshit simulated tournament where MSU wins. And it's like, keep that to yourself because, yeah, I do think that, and it's not, not a hot take to say, like they had a team that could have won the national championship, mm-hmm. but. Then again, what kind of gives me solace here in a weird way is that 2016 did happen. We thought that was a great team. That went horrible. Like, so, like, hey, things can derail very quickly, March Madness. But mm-hmm. with that said, yeah, that was a national title count. It was. I'm going to cry while Connor. Bar is still open. It was. The bar still open. Okay. Where, where are you in here, it, Connor? It, uh, I, I agree. It was a national title contender team. Um, it's hard to say because they were so bad for a while that season. I think the the beginning of Big Ten play, everybody was just like, what the heck is wrong with this team? And then, like you said, Cassius found his voice. You know, the team kind of came together at the perfect time and caught fire. And that sometimes that's really all you need to go make a national title run. And Cassius was the perfect leader for that. Tillman would have been a perfect, you know, co like a, a Robin to, to Cassius's Batman. I I think Final Four, they, they they were a Final Four team for sure. They were yeah. a Final Four team. And like, you know, Matt said, you never know. Anything can happen yeah. any year. But the so way I, I tell myself to make me feel better. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, this here's the this thing that will make you put your head back down. Uh, uh, <laughs> they had, and this is where I always kind of put it. They had as good of a chance as 
anybody to win it all. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's whether they would or not, who knows. But that that's what it hurts when you have a team that has there's no super 2009 UNC Anthony Davis 35 right. or two Kentucky mm-hmm. team. Yeah. There was no there were good very good teams, no dragons in that layer. They were as good as anybody, as good of a chance to win as anybody that was reflected by the odds makers as well. So they lost one of their best chances, and it, it sucks, let's face it. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. Let's get into something more. <laughs> Is there a happy question? Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Well, let's lighten <laughs> it up a little bit. You're watching a big game and he slants and you're planning ahead, right? So I don't, you can call it a bowl game. You know, you can you, this is let's throw back to your college days at Michigan State. Sure. Where are you watching it? Some people say, oh, this bar, that bar, this restaurant, that restaurant. Some people say, oh, my frat house, if that's their thing. Where, where are you watching a big game during your college days? Yeah, student section, but if it's like the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, yeah, I'm talking, you're not at the game. Sure, then that, that's that's the duplex on uh, 323 Spartan Avenue, baby. That's so right, Spartan Avenue, Spartan one Avenue. time for it. There, there we Thanks go. the shout out. Yeah, we, we, we had a, a mighty fine watch party for the OSU game. Um, that was simply awesome. So, yeah, me and my beer, me and my beer, me and my brother sprayed beer on each other in the backyard as if we were the two defensive ends that game that had an impact on it whatsoever, but. No, man, that was awesome. We had like 30 people at our house. We knew maybe 15 of them. Yeah. 15. A few people. Please don't steal anything. Where's Cotter watch at a big game? But, but you're welcome here. <laughs> we, we would always have like a, a get together at our apartment. We lived at Abbott Place when it was still a thing. I don't think it's a thing anymore. Uh, if I was to go to a bar, though, I was always a Dublin guy. Always Dublin. One time for that. Yeah, Dublin, Dublin is forgotten. I'm, I, the Irish guy immediately. I, no, him. no, it's not even that. It was just like the best experience of everything. Like Dude, it wasn't I too sloppy. It. it was it. it was perfect. And Dublin has, you know, they have enough TVs for everybody. It was, sure do. It was the oh, yeah. it would have been the perfect spot for if if I was to go out to a game. I'm not yeah, gonna, I'm not going to Rick's, but Oh fuck! Oh, yeah, Rick's is a nightmare. It's, again, another thing you can do an hour on. Yeah. Ray, Ray, anytime, anytime you're at a bar where the stalls don't have doors, uh, did they have doors by the time you guys matriculated at that university? Yeah, because that didn't deter some people from pooping on the dance floor. They did. They, oh well, yeah. There's that's, that's like, my last time at you Rick's. Think I, I was going. That's to the, the most hygienic Rick's. thing that's ever happened at Rick's. Yeah, yeah. When I was there, like they literally didn't have doors on the stall it's, a, it's like one big community first of all who, who wants to do that business at Rick's they didn't even do that in mount pleasant that's another story anyway let's move on we're, 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 we're <laughs> sure off, I we're, we're I'm off the sorry. I'm doing bad <laughs> this well i'm not helping i should get better control of the show most overrated thing at michigan state university and i'll, I'll jump wow. in with one word and then i'll throw it back to you me burgerama overrated yeah that was on the top of my head too but wow connor do you have one on the top of your head right now Overrated? You know, about either the school, the university experience, I mean, something the, the like that. The Red Cedar. Everybody talks about loving the Red Cedar. The thing is disgusting. The thing is absolutely, there's bikes just chilling in it. It's just dirty. All Travis like, Walton's bikes just at the bottom of the <laughs> There's some the like Red wind Cedar. floating down yeah, the we, we love to We love to, to flex the fact seed, that we yeah. have a river going through campus, but it's disgusting. Oh, that's, right a good, that's a good answer. I mean, it's literally in the fight oh, song. I know mine. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I know mine. Uh, it's it's a boring one. It's a Snifi cafeteria. Oh yeah. I mean, I I was like, oh, you gotta get the Snifi. And I was there. I was like, where's the rest of it? I, Just a poor something. man's Brody. It's it's a boring. Oh, you know what? And oh, this, is, this is how old I am too. I, the tennis court tailgates don't do it for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's too much. I agree. That's because I'm, I agree I'm probably that. lame though. And just no, no, watch. no. They were there was just like a big. Yeah. It was just like a big nothing. I think I'm just a washed up white guy in his late twenties. No, no. You want to oh. enjoy your tailgating experience? That wasn't enjoyable. I mean, I don't want to stereotype, but whenever I would go to the tennis courts, like with my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. like it was all like the frat guys and i mean they were just yeah. like 
you know, basically yeah. sexually harassing everyone. You're saying that they are good twice guys? And both of them, like, oh god! Like, <laughs> and the, just, the music you can't hear yourself. Like, you're it's just, just it's, it's too much. Like, yeah. I, look, I'm like I'm not a prude, but like, come on, like, can yeah. I can I walk this block without my my <laughs> yeah. girlfriend? You know, maybe they were nice catcalling you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do have a fantastic figure, but uh, <laughs> sure. especially back then, you should have seen me. Nice. Uh, everyone was ripped when they were younger, right? That's how it goes. I oh, think yeah. that's the rule. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, to me, uh, Burgerama overrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, my buddies would be like, "Yeah, dollar burger." It's like I can get a two dollar burger at Peanut better. Barrel, yeah. and not it'll be better. Not wait an Tony, hour. Tony Paul spot. Tony Paul and I love the Peanut Barrel, by the way. Oh, yeah. But it's gonna be a dollar more and not wait an hour. Yeah. So it's like, what is an I hour of your time worth? I so know. and they're like a block away. So like this Burgerama right. thing, fucking overrated. Yeah. So let's. let's move on similar topic most underrated thing at michigan state dublin <laughs> you think yeah, dublin's yeah. underrated i think it's p- properly probably right. i don't think I enough people talk about is. dublin that's, oh, that's uh, okay that's, that's it's, it's your round but that's not my pick what's your pick uh you know what doesn't get enough respect talk to me and it's and it's not that it's underrated it's just it's just disrespect yeah is menace wow talk about is it that. menace gone wow yeah, menace it might be prime. Gone. Menace was gone down on its prime. It might have been unlawfully. Gone? I think. Okay. Yeah, but it's, like, it's totally but like gone. that was the thing when you were there. Did did you ever have menace? Oh, all the time. And it was great, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. And people now are like menace, like. But like, obviously, Conrad's is better. But menace, like when I was there, that Conrad's wasn't a thing my freshman year, and then it became a thing. But menace was like the go-to, and then. When Conrad's became a thing, everybody's like, oh, Menace is disgusting. I was like, oh, Menace Do you lose good. taste buds or, or what? Yeah. Oh, loaded dubs. Yeah. CT dubs. Have chicken you ever had Menace dubs? or Conrad's like for dinner sober? Like that was a weird experience. Oh, yeah. That you, was crazy you can't be sober for it. I did it once in a year. I was like, this doesn't You don't do it to me. enjoy it. You weird. do it for the experience. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Paul and I have the same exact palate because like our two favorite places in East Lansing were uh, like to eat were the peanut barrel and Flats Grill. Rest mm-hmm. in peace. Flats Girl was, I think, probably gone. I mean, they were—they didn't pay their taxes. <laughs> they were gone. Taxes, they were, taxes, they yeah. were awesome. Like, the, but the two big things when I were there were Menas. Like, that's just what people talk about. Menas yeah. and Gumby's Pokey Sticks. Gumby's Goombas sure, now came Goombas, but I think even Goombas is gone now. They called them Poke yeah. Me Sticks. Yeah, Poke Me poke Sticks. Me sticks yeah. yeah, circumvent that copyright, baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. So let's, let's move on, Ben. What do we got next? Scott Bell, this is this is interesting. This is an overrated or underrated. Can I set the topic, please? For a sure. <laughs> Just kidding. Scott Bell, though. Scott Bell. Some people have no idea who Scott Bell is. Okay, Scott Bell. Normal people don't know who he is. If you're right? if you're yeah. on Twitter, though, yeah. If you have a life that doesn't revolve around Twitter, you yeah, you don't know. Who <laughs> so he this is, is right? not an overrated, <laughs> underrated. But I, I've taken some heat like over the last couple of years. I mean, I have stuff like back to 2017 where it's like. This is this guy. If you don't know him, he basically openly, he's a Michigan alum living in Texas. Is a, he's like a professional reporter for like the Dallas. I think he's an editor at the Dallas Morning News. Dallas Morning News. And, but he's just this character and he completely shreds Michigan State like maybe on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's at least like 300 days on the calendar that he rips them. And I actually think like he's kind of clever usually. And I'm the, I think I'm the one Spartan that like I've invited him on my show. He said next time in town, like we're going to try to work it out. I, I'm like the one. I'm trying. Show is that what we're getting? Can set we up come for that one? <laughs> you want? You want? Wait. Well, it depends what you're gonna do. I guess. That's no, no. A, I have a truce with. I mean, I I have a truce. I like him. I I think he's effective at what he does. I I think people in our fan base are like, why does this guy bother you so much? He wins when you get all pit. people just quote tweet him and and bomb him all the time. Sure. I think I've seen you call him out. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. 
But I think it's like an annual thing for us. It, it, it's it's like um, Groundhog's Day for us, me yeah. and Scott. It's we, we got to get our bullshit out of the way to each other once yeah. a year, and then we're we're good. You're next, good for 365 days. Yeah, yeah, that, that's usually the case. No, like as a persona, of course I hate him because I do the same shit, and I'm sure Michigan fans would hate me too. But You're like, the yin and yang. Yeah, of course. But like as a person, I can't speak. To, I don't know the guy personally, yeah. but um, I just think it's ironic, right? That you build a persona off Rip Michigan State, calling them little brother. Like I think it's weird that perhaps. Maybe a little brother thing would be building a persona on your second most hated rival because their success is only slightly less embarrassing than it is against their. So mm-hmm. no, Scott Bell as a, as a person, really, I, sure he's a fine guy. I, I'm sure he is. Got a family, right? I'm yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. Everybody's got a family. Oh, that, well, that's a good point. I'm sorry. I meant like children, all that, but yeah, yeah. no, yeah. like of course I don't like him yeah. as a persona. Yeah. The same way I wouldn't like he's, me either if I was in his shoes. Yeah, I mean, yeah he's like that for re- yeah. he doesn't want to be liked by Michigan State fans. That's the whole reason his account exists. No, that's do. why I, I, I kind of respect that. I mean, yeah. Right, yeah. you, you got to respect it to a point. And and yeah. for a while, like I I hated Scott Bell, and then I kind of like you know we kind of built this truce over the years because he used to he used to like quote tweet some like prediction I had on Spartan Avenue that was like it turned out to be completely wrong. Just like okay, like I'm. These are called bold predictions for a reason. Oh, but he sure. would he would and like everybody has. Yeah, that. he would call, like, he would take screenshots and his followers would be in my mentions for like I'm not even kidding like weeks. Yeah. Weeks. His his following is crazy. I used to hate him. Now, I mean like he's a fine guy. I've talked to him like behind the scenes. He's he's a nice guy. But like obviously he, he built that persona to to have Michigan State fans hate him. So he's doing a good job. I like Scott Bell. I'm looking yeah. forward to having him on if he makes time for our, mm-hmm. our you know, little podunk show here in the basement. Wayne's World for <laughs> Michigan State sport here. So we'll finish here, and then we'll get you the hell out of Dodge. I know you're desperate to get out of my company. Oh, can't, can't wait. So this is something we're, we're revisiting, and I, I oh, did this, this, I did this bit, and this will finish here. I think it's a good place to end. Oh, this is a so well you can you can get a little you can get a little deeper into it so i want you to and you're welcome to not just grade it but also uh you know speak to it and why you're giving the grade and what you do differently we originally did this with david klein dk spartan the wander great guy the The best michigan state basketball follow there is is Uh is dk yes great guy so i threw this to him this is my all-time Izzo era msu lineup so they have to have played under time Izzo. there's no magic johnson or greg kelser here and the, here's the circumstance that we set it up. You are going into a NCAA tournament. Just pick your, pick your poison, which one, doesn't matter. And you have a gun to your head, you got to win six. So it's not like who's going to win, who, you know, who are the six best. Mm-hmm. You got to put together a five-man starting lineup and your sixth man. Who are you taking if you have to win the national title? Are the triggers pulled and your, your blood's all over the floor? And here's where I, I put it. Point guard, controversial right off the bat. Mateen Cleese over the obvious omission, Ash Twinston. Yeah. My starting point guard is Mateen Cleese. Shooting guard, Jason Richardson. Small forward, Denzel Valentine. Power forward, Draymond Green. At center, Xavier Tillman. My sixth man is Gary Harris. And I'll, before you get into yelling at me, I am fully aware that my team is very small. Like my, my setter is six eight, Small my, ball, my right, power yeah. forward six six. I think these are Draymond Green and Xavier Tillman defending in the post. Have fun, everybody else. Grade my roster here. Did I miss the mark? Uh, is this an A plus? What do you think of the list here? Yeah, like there's there's so many great players. It's hard to like give anyone a bad grade. I mean, right? That that's tough to sit, look at that. And be like nothing egregious. C minus. No. no, nothing <laughs> egregious at all. No, but I I would go Tum Tum one. I think we all agree. No. <laughs> I, 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 I would go cat. Watch yourself. <laughs> I, I would go cash. I mean, 
Tell me if I'm prisoner of the moment right no, now. No, no, I, I agree. No, but with the second guy I'm going to bring uh -oh. up. Because I, I don't like do shooting. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, that's bad. I can't. I mean, I if like you're looking shooting, for though. like a guy to hit, shoot, you know, 60% from three in a tournament. Yeah, sure. Why not? I know. But he could also shoot 30% and shoot you out of the But who are you, who are you cutting? Are you cutting Gary Harris or are you cutting Jason I feel Richardson? sick about it, but I guess I'm cutting Jay Rich, right? I mean, that's, oh. and I feel sick about that. Oh, everybody. I'm going to walk that back, actually. I'm going to walk no, no, that no. back. I'm walking that back. Jason Richardson shot like 42% from did. three. Like, so he, he, he stays on the starting too. five. He stays on the starting five. I, I can't cut Valentine. The thing with Gary Harris for the six man is he, he was a very good college scorer, but also could defend his ass. Like, was Bro, the yeah. best perimeter defender in the conference when he was there. Brent Forrest is my sixth guy. I'm thinking like Charlie Bell is a sixth guy. Oh, that's true. Charlie's a great answer, too. Charlie Underrated. Bell. Yeah. yeah. Charlie he Bell is, he had a good NBA career, too. He, he, he loved, you know, wasn't he six man at state? He was a six man on the. Well, Morris Peterson was, but then Charlie Bell when Cleves graduated. So Mo Pete was technically the sixth man, okay. but he was like the seventh. But yeah, yeah he he had a he was he role. was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm between two guys for center, and Dillman's awesome. <sighs> I know who you're gonna say who. Jaren. Yeah, I'm between Jaron and Payne. The most the most yeah. naturally Jackson. talented player to yeah. ever play at Michigan State. You talk about rib protection, like, oh, like that, that's what I go for. It's just the rib protection alone. I love Jaron, yeah. but over Tillman, but like, you gotta win. You got. Who's, who do you trust more? You're, you're playing uh, Duke, a uh, really good Duke what a, what team. What about your life like a, on the line? Give me Tillman. With three top eight draft picks by any chance? Yeah, so yeah. Oh, we actually saw that. Which, Tillman then. <laughs> which, which, yeah, which, which, guy, which guy won that game? What about like a Paul Davis? Oh, no. Oh, you're speaking my language now. Yeah. That's right. Like Paul Long Davis TV, was so baby. good around the yeah. rim. <laughs> Extreme. Paul Davis is one of those guys. Like Goran Sutan was kind of the lesser Sutan version was, of this. Was good. Yeah. Like, well, especially his senior year in that tournament was sure, the regional sure. MVP in that, no, uh, yeah, that yeah. aforementioned Louisville, Kansas uh, duo mm -hmm. but you know I, I think like the paul davis thing he's one of those guys that gets such a bad rap like yeah. he he got shit on people would complain about he was him good we well, had weird body language but the guy was very good and even if you just look at the numbers like if yeah. you go back it was like 17 and yeah. 10 right. was he was a three guys in the country pick. do that every year right. he's a first round draft yeah pick. for the clippers so yeah i don't know but uh, so just what i get an a minus you don't know like, no, that's yeah, a sure. that's a good yeah. team that team might make the final four. Unless you really like screw it off. Oh, like, that I team feel like everyone gets a B plus A minus on, on their starting five. Like, no, I don't yeah. think anyone has a perfect. There, there were no that team's a lot better than 09 UNC. That's Sh an all Shannon Brown team. Is, a, yeah. is a shooting guard, might have been, you know. Shannon's fine. The, the reason I like my Tough six there, off, you know? all yeah, six yeah. of those guys are going to make an open three pointer. Like, yeah. like, like yeah. Till, Tillman, Tillman here, all, all six are getting. So, like, you can't leave anybody open. Draymond in college. College Draymond would make a three pointer. Yeah, not not this Draymond that we well, saw. Pockets up his Warriors the, career. Pockets the, up his Warriors <laughs> career. Well, if we were in the college basket, I wouldn't have picked Mateen Cleaves. Or yes, in the NBA well, basket, I wouldn't have taken Mateen Cleaves. I would take. I would just bet on Cassius Winston that's having a better. It's tough to argue against a point guard that brought the natty home, though. I mean, yeah. so like, yeah, Mateen Cleaves like might not be but the like, right we, guy. We but like, we were young to where we were like, I mean, Mateen was probably like up until Cassius. We're like, yeah. oh yeah, Mateen's a goat point guard. Sure. And then Cassius came along. We're like. This dude's incredible. I'm not staying for the Drew Neitzel slander. Drew Neitzel was good. Goat. Drew Neitzel, Kale Lucas were good. Here's the here's the argument, and this is the most controversial one with DK as well. I, I sure. believe he chose Winston, but here was my argument for Mateen. I think Winston is a better choice if I'm starting a team from scratch. Yeah, and and I need someone to really carry the weight of a mm -hmm. team. Winston can do more. He can be more effective in that role. With this situation. This is a team that's loaded. I just, I need a, not just a facilitator, but I need to just make sure that they're fucking focused and yeah. doing their job. If this team is engaged, they're going to win the whole thing. Unless they have just the worst shooting night ever. Winston, 
kind of, you know, he was almost too nice of a guy. So with this setup, mm. I would take Cleves. If the question were, you're starting a, a program from scratch, which guy would you take? I think the argument starts to gravitate a little more towards Winston because I think he can do more and have more of an impact. But imagine Winston on a team where he didn't have to score 20 plus points a night for Michigan State to win games. Like he, he put counter. his he put his team on or the team on his back quite a bit when he was there, and they they won games strictly because he was on fire. I mean. If he had, you know, yeah. three or four guys who could shoot open, what if he had Bryn Forbes on his team? Oh my god, that's a fair counter. Six that's a very good argument. Right. I, but like, I agree with you that it, you don't really need someone who's going to score eighteen to twenty points a game in that lineup. But Cassius Winston probably didn't, wouldn't have needed to if he had one or two more guys yeah, on his team. It's very fair. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, at the end of the day, can't go wrong. Yeah. Right? So, well, that's it, man. You guys uh, both did great. Yeah, we're well over an hour. I don't want to keep you all night. But uh, so you guys obviously have two different things going on. You had never met before tonight. So you got the very popular Lockdown Spartans podcast. So you want to give give us a little plug. Where can people find you? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, Lockdown Spartans. Don't, Check fi- them out. Don't, don't find me on Twitter. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> we've had, just we've, ask Scott. Uh, no, I wouldn't your recommend handle's probably been up all night. You're the third. Right, you're the third lockdown guy. So we we had Matt Shook uh, who left oh, yeah. the lockdown Pistons, oh, and yeah. we had obviously Chris Castellani who's been in here like great guy twelve times. Sensation. So you're you're the right. third one <laughs> under that banner. So go, Connor Spartan Avenue, not Spiro Avenue, no affiliation. Yep, yep, so no, not, SpartanAvenue.com. SpartanAvenue.com. You can follow me at Connor Muldowney on Twitter. Um, I have plenty of bad takes. You can go make fun of. You know, both both on Spartan Avenue and on my Twitter account. So yeah, yeah, thanks Ben for throwing that up there. So the information for our thanks, ben. many viewers at home, you can check them out. No, I loved having you guys. I've enjoyed following great. you. I had a great time. I, you know, it, I think you guys are, you guys are so different, like with your, at least your media personalities in here, you're actually, you know, kind of two peas in a pod, but like, That's I, right. I, I, I think both married. We live in your uh, basement, Justin. I don't yeah. know if you've caught on by now. <laughs> that, that, we've been here the last five months. I was, get, I was getting <laughs> yeah. kind of a vibe that you guys yeah, may yeah. have been here before. Yeah. You, you knew where everything That's was. You had to reach all the time. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh. You felt very comfortable at that bar. It was not your first rodeo. <laughs> no. But I, you know, I, I think, you know, I'll be frank with you, Matt. I, I think you're, you, I had to say my most enjoyable Spartan Twitter follow. It's definitely you. Like oh, you, you don't just, have to lie to me. You make, no, you, you lie to me. <laughs> you, come on. I, I have a reputation for being too mean. It's, I've never been accused of being too mean. Oh, because I'm Mr. Nice Guy all the time when I was, he was losing to if, Rutgers. Yeah, it's well, a great no, time. You, 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 react, you react in moments of emotion. This is my yeah, baseline. Do I? Yeah. yeah, this is my baseline is to be kind of a curmudgeon. Sure. But uh, no, I just I love your work. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you. You, you cracked my ass up. You've actually been on this show twice in a row. Oh, wow. <laughs> you made a cameo appearance. In the last episode with John Ziegler. So if you want a three and a half hour episode on how Jerry Sandusky's actually innocent, uh, you can see uh, a, a brief appearance from Matt there <laughs> too. And, you know, it, the flip side of the coin, obviously, Connor, uh, you're, you're writing, you're sort of a more serious personality than Matt, which is obviously, I think everybody is. Yeah, you're not a court jester. Yeah, I mean, I get in so many arguments on Twitter. I don't think anybody takes me seriously. You got anymore. stamina, man. Whew, love it. But love you, guys, it. you guys have a different vibe, but uh, you know, both have a, a good place in this sphere. And you know, I enjoy both of you, which is why I've had you on. I've never invited anybody that I thought just sucked. So um, yeah, I do encourage people to check you out. I want to say real quick, we have two great shows coming up after this. Not tonight, because I don't have that much stamina. Let's face it, I'm getting old. Not like these guys that have the, the endless motor. Right, 17 years old. That's right. So we have, this is the rare three shows in Five Nights thing. So obviously this was tonight. It was wonderful. Thank you for watching. We do have 
Chad Livengood coming in, Crane's Detroit business. You know, I don't want to get too complimentary here in the same five-minute segment, but I have openly said I think Chad Livengood is the best journalist working in the state of Michigan today. He's been on the show twice. This will be his third time. A lot going on with the governor and businesses and unemployment. He's he's got a lot of strong opinions on this. Airplanes to Florida that no one knows who was on it with the governor. It's going to be fascinating. Chad's a great guy, a Spiro Avenue veteran at this point. And then rolling over to Tuesday, I don't know what it is. I don't know who finally said something nice that, that got to this individual, but Nick Baumgartner from The Athletic. Yeah. He is a guy that has turned us down like for four years, back when I had wires hanging from the ceiling and it was just <laughs> audio. This guy like used to not even respond to me, and then he would see. There was always some soccer game or something for his kids that I don't even know if he has kids. <laughs> he, saw, he saw something that he liked about the show, or maybe I just wore his ass out. He finally face. said yes. <laughs> so as far as I know, it is my face. Let's face it. It's very punchable. But Tuesday <laughs> night, Nick Baumgartner from The Athletic, he has been just phenomenal over the years. Again, one of my favorite journalists. So we got a lot great coming. I know uh, Eric Williamson, our set designer, graphic designer, is sitting at home in his boxers on his couch watching this. So, uh, Eric, uh, don't forget to turn the light off there. Thanks for everything you do. And we always say to the great and powerful Oz, Ben Augusta on the other side of the wall. Great job, I am. Hey, Ben does a great job. Mm-hmm. Is, is he not phenomenal? Ben's great. Sensational. Ben's the man. Yeah. He was hired, not away from us, but in conjunction with us, hired at 97 won the ticket because wow. they were so impressed with his work here. No kidding. I, I mean, I, I, I just, it. I am taking full credit for his tryout for that regard. <laughs> but uh, right. no, we're, we're very lucky. You know, anytime we get a compliment, I always try to defer to Eric and Ben because I literally just sit here and talk. Anybody can do that. Like all the cool shit that we do is, not me. So, uh, Ben and Eric, we love you. Hey, uh, check these guys out. Matt Sheehan and Connor Muldowney. Not Melt Downey. That's Muldowney. <laughs> and uh, it's been great having you. We'll see you two more times in the next four nights. Spiro Avenue Show. Justin Spiro, episode 33. Check us out on Twitter, guys. We have a hilarious picture. We look very good in the Mel Tucker outfit. See you guys in a couple days. Thank you.